Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. The title of this episode is Pairing, the client with the right vendor. Episode 22. Someone new to planning a wedding would not have a clue about how to evaluate the extent and quality of services offered by event professionals. By researching Pinterest, a couple designing their wedding can collect references of what they like. This is a good start, but there's so much more to it than that. When a wedding coordinator refers their client to a vendor, it has to be the right vendor for the client. You want a good fit. An experienced coordinator finds out what their client needs and wants and can then perfectly match the client with the right vendors. In planning a dinner party, the choosing of wine to be served with food is a well-known example of pairing. Another example of pairing might be a host creating a seating chart by carefully considering the personality and interests of their guests. Guests are paired and seated based on their compatibility with each other. This is essentially the purpose of Prepared.com, to help individuals planning a wedding or special event find compatible and qualified event professionals. This is based on the client's needs and wants and vendor profiles. During this discussion, Toby and I started with the subject of flowers and getting the right vendor for her client's particular needs. And now please enjoy Pairing, the client with the right vendor. Episode 22. So often we make assumptions. Well, I want to hire a florist. Well, then the florist is going to listen to me, talk to me, maybe show me some um, ideas. Uh-huh. And then they're going to uh, offer a specific uh, service package to me or it might be everything is custom right and then i would look at their proposal sometimes it's done in front of me or they send it to me and then you go back and forth clarify and give them information as to when you're starting photos and the ceremony and the reception. And that's kind of how it flows. Uh-huh. However, <laughs> there's a lot more to it. Because some couples have a very clear idea of what they want. I mean, literally come with images from Pinterest and Instagram and their friends' weddings and things they've found online. I mean, down to exactly what kind of runner they want and pictures of the location and where they want things placed to people that come in and say, I want a romantic setting. And it's wide open. I want candlelight. Uh huh. I want to feel like I'm in a fairy tale. One of the things I think couples don't consider when they go to a wedding, let's say, of their friends, and the vast majority of the clients that I have had over the years. Mm-hmm have either been to very few weddings or they've been to six in one year. I mean, it's like everybody (laughs) they know is getting married within a couple year span. And it's, it's like I had one couple years ago that said, well, Toby, I know we have to come out to see you three times because they were living in Texas for our wedding. But we have six weddings to go to this year. And they're all over creation. And they were trying to figure out when in the heck 
they were going to be able to come out to do their own wedding uh-huh. because they had so many weekends that were already committed. And they were busy working professionals on top of it. So I said, well, when you go to these weddings, let me know what you like and what you didn't like. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes that helps me know more about them and can save them a lot of time and bother when they they do see me or sure. we do talk. Okay. So one of these times, the couple said, oh, my God, the lighting was fantastic at this wedding. We have to do something different but similar because yes. they really love that. Okay. So here is a good question. Some florists do lighting. Some florists don't even want to touch it. Mm-hmm. They didn't know in that wedding experience who had done the lighting. Okay. They just had an assumption that whoever designed it, decorated it, must have done the lighting. Right. Okay? Not a bad assumption. Just it could or could not be. Well... When I found out some of the things that they wanted, I realized I could not send them to a florist that did flowers only. That they were really looking for somebody who was going to make the entire atmosphere Mm -hmm. inside and out have a particular look and feel. Yes. It was clear to me that the one florist that I had in mind for them mm-hmm. was not going to work. Okay? Uh-huh. So, and I felt badly because I knew that this one florist would give them the look that they wanted and they'd be generous and they'd be on time and their price would be right in the pocket and mm. all that stuff. And it was just their natures, I felt, was just going to be the perfect match. Because, and this is maybe sound a little strange, but the florists were of mixed heritages. It was a husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. And they were of different religions and different cultures. And guess what? The bride and groom were the same. Oh, they wow. They were not the same combination. No, but... But they were of different cultures uh-huh. and different religions. Nice. And I don't know. It, this may just be an intuitive thing, but I just felt it was it was going to be a good match for them, taking everything into consideration. Right. Now, the florist they ended up with was fabulous for them. It wasn't that this was the only florist that they should go to that I originally liked. Mm -hmm. But after consideration, I realized because they were out of town that the best that I could do for them because of their visual needs was to get a florist that would not only help in lighting, in linens, in flowers, in seating cards, in a gift box, a gift card holder, um, even favors. Mm. This florist was really a full-service designer. Right. And she was willing to work within their budget. How could you lose? I mean... That was the best outcome. However, if the couple just went on the flowers and the way they looked in photos, they would have selected the first florist. Right. But ultimately, that wasn't the best. And you had to guide them. them to a better decision. Absolutely. So... 
what I'm really saying here is that part of what, and I didn't expect to go here, what I'm about to say, but one of the reasons we developed prepared was this very situation where someone falls in love with a look and thinks everything is fine. <laughs> you know, even the price. Yeah. But that's only half the story. Wow. So in the questions that we ask about a company's business practices, we find out if they enjoy doing more than just their standard category. We ask them, do they like to take whatever they're doing and put it across different categories, just like we did with this one uh, florist who's really a designer, mm -hmm. still characterizes themselves as a florist but generally speaking they do much more than that that's part of their their persona i think that an artist will go to great lengths to create in many areas just to set up the effect that they want to set up uh -huh. there's a I've, I've mentioned him before there's a photographer that um he's uh really has an eye and he has a very creative bent for um, for getting the shot, and so he actually started dabbling really in being a wedding coordinator. And uh, he's he's not he's not, uh, but he um, you know darn it he wanted the lighting a certain way, and he he wanted the position of those flowers in a certain spot, and then the bride and groom is to stand it in this section here this this spot and or they're supposed to walk from here to there and he knows that when he's going to film them or when he's going to take their pictures that what the background is going to be and what the lighting is going to be and i'm glad that um that you're doing prepared.com because it seems like it's kind of laying the groundwork for a successful outcome or an e or an easier path to planning i would hope for and what we've planned is that the, the questions that we're asking both the couple and the services elicit enough information, not only on what they do, but how they do it and why they do it the way they do, that it helps us match, physically match them according to those facts and feelings and attitude mm -hmm. and values. Mm. Now, that's not an easy thing to do. And I, I can't say it's a perfect or 100% accurate, but my logic tells me if we make the effort to consider all those entities, it's got to be at least a better fighting chance. Yeah, a better fit. That yeah. you're going to link up with someone who, or somebody, that is best suited right. to the work with you than perhaps just finding something online that you like. Right. I mean... There is a place and time if you need a product. In other words, if somebody, and we've talked about these funny stories about chair covers and things that happen and going online and finding, you know, a $2 chair cover and it doesn't fit and you've got to have someone to put it on, take it off and iron it and the whole big deal. But what I'm really talking about is you can go and you can rent a chair that, uh, like there's a ghost chair, a chair that's translucent, and you can see through the chair. Mm -hmm. And it's a cool thing to have. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the couple that I was 
initially talking to you about wanted lighting to kind of fill the whole room. And so I said, well, let's look for ghost chairs because there's now different styles of them. And they said, well, what would that do? I said, well, if you have ghost chairs, that means the light is going to go through them. Right. So whatever light you have designed for the room will be reflected in those chairs. Right. So it, it won't only be the lighting around the perimeter, but it will be, you know, light is thrown a certain amount of feet mm -hmm. uh, from the actual bulb or digital screen. So that will reflect on that, those surfaces. So the chairs being clear, the light will carry through those and will change the look of the entire room. Right. Almost like a diamond, like, like light coming into yes, a diamond. or a prism. A prism. Uh -huh. You know, that's mm -hmm. reflecting. So... That's when I think creative minds come together, whether they're the couple, the planner, the florist, designer, lighting person, whatever. And so if you can match them according to the level of interest in those areas mm -hmm. and the dynamic qualities that all services have, all venues, vendors, and couples too. It's a dynamic situation. It's not static. So even when someone says, I want this, it's not necessarily the beginning and the end. It's truly the beginning because whatever someone puts out there, you're going to have some reaction from the professional that will either extend the conversation mm -hmm. if they're that type of person that likes to take something and let it um, develop, I, would I say, guess. Or... Yeah, uh, and kind of mull over ideas mm. and, and percolate ideas. Or if the personalities require more of a directive and focused and finite way of communicating. I mean, there are people, couples, whether they really know what they want or not is not the issue. Their mentality is such that you put something out and they'll say yay or nay. They're not really into discussing it, you uh -huh. know? Right. They they may not know what they like, but they know what they don't like. And we've <laughs> all spoken with many people with that personality and attitude. And th there's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes it's better to know what you don't like, you know, and makes you more open to other things. But you're just not that focused or you don't have that high curiosity or interest in thinking about all the possibilities but if something should be thrown out to you and you like it mm -hmm. great yeah you know it yeah. doesn't have to go any farther right and i think that those are the kind of questions and i think personality traits and characteristics that really determine whether people should be working together. Because very frankly, professionals in their field, like yourself, you may have a natural bent to certain types of music, certain melodies, rhythms, choices of artists that you play when you're doing a uh, DJ gig versus your 
own playing of piano. However, your nature is versatile that you would be able to slide yourself on that continuum and be able to relate to someone wherever they are. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for saying You're welcome. That. <laughs> and it's true. It's an observation because we've done enough work together that, you know. Yeah. People come from all walks of life and want different things and well, you're you know, able to accommodate them. Have, having some, talking to somebody and then finding out what, where, where they're from, you know, and not, not, I mean, not where they live, but just where they're coming from as far as music goes and yeah. some of their uh, sensibilities. It's, it's an adventure. It really, really is to talk with somebody. And I can usually find beauty in just about anything. You know, any mm -hmm. form of art, even if I'm not familiar with it, you know, I'm, well, what do I like about it? You know, that, that's, that, that's right. What do, you, what do you like about it? Um, well, I think it's doubly important when, uh, and I, maybe I think music is unique and maybe visual arts as well, in that so much of it is a personal opinion, whether you like something or not. I mean, I've had couples sit across from me and say, I do not want to hear Michael Jackson. I do not want to hear, oh gosh, um, I, her, I'm blanking now. Oh, she has a, a beautiful voice. Um, oh, shoot. She's from Canada. Celine Dion. Uh, yes, Celine Dion. God bless her. I had so many people say, no. Dion, no Celine, Dion. you know, and personally, I have no problem with her voice. Yeah, but no, she's an amazing performer. Some people just didn't like it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just found it fascinating. And not that there was a right or wrong and, and no judgment, really. I just couldn't relate, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. sometimes to their their likes and dislikes. However... When you cue into that, you get them. Because over the years, uh, I'm sure you would agree with me, there are certain patterns that you see. And I'm sure someone would say the same of myself. But the certain likes and dislikes they have kind of give you a picture of them. And that makes such a difference. You know, it's interesting what you say about music and um, requests and things. I did a dinner dance on Saturday night with my jazz trio at the Valley Hunt Club. And uh -huh. this crowd, they, they are just so fun-loving and they just... Uh, it's, it's amazing that the, this group of friends that, that will come together. Uh, I, think, yeah. I think we had about 60 guests. And it was uh, just, it was so nice. It was so much fun. Well, um, they had said uh, early in the evening, they had said um, music from the Great American Songbook. Okay. All right. And Know them well. And so here I am, I'm, and I'm, I'm pulling out these songs that, that um, everybody knows. And they're just so much fun to play. And, and they're all dancing really, really well. And enjoying themselves and and then we we stretched it we we went into other areas too we you know hit them with some other things too but um there's something about a classic there's something there about something that is um uh endearing and and loved you know like the like the song um uh, our love is here to stay you get the idea well as it turns out yeah. on sunday i'm enjoying the uh, the academy awards and in between all the station breaks, you know, just, just as they were, you know, mm -hmm. going for a break, they were playing mostly standards and they were playing mostly things from the Great American Songbook and from movies and from things yeah. like that. It was so nice to hear that. You know, I read reviews from uh, BizBash hmm. uh, this morning of the uh, Academy Awards. Um, most of it was about the lighting, 
uh, and the use of LED screens and capturing all of the visuals hmm. because, uh, you know, it's a visual presentation yeah. every year. And everyone thought that it was great in varying degrees, but everyone felt it was, you know, really outstanding. However, there were a few comments about the music and the video that they used because it was the 90th anniversary they had clips from old movies and they played music appropriately for the time mm. of the of the of the images and it was fabulous how they were able to weave, and that's really what you do, and what all good musicians and entertainment does. They weave music throughout the evening that makes sense with the energy and the activities that are going on. Mm -hmm. It's, you know... I, I for one, know, uh, and this is a little bit of prejudice, prejudicial comment I'm about to make, how important it is to be in touch with your client and have good communication. And there are times that we tend to focus solely or a lot on the things that are most important to the client. Right. Okay? Which mm -hmm. is what we should be doing. Mm -hmm. However, I have to admit, there were times when I would listen to a band and they would open with a certain set of music. And if you work with that band or company enough mm -hmm. and with that particular band in the company they're kind of on autopilot because they have to figure out if it's going to work or not meaning they're trying to figure out do they have a dancing crowd do they have a listening crowd do they have a crowd that likes the oldies, do they, you know, more progressive music, whatever. But they know that this one particular set over time has proven to be great. Mm -hmm. And that usually gets everybody up and dancing. So they don't feel like they're doing anything wrong in using it because they feel that it's been a proven, um, what do you call, instrument or tool to get the, the party going. Uh -huh. Or there'll be phrases that they'll say and repeat. And the people who are attending don't know that they've said that a hundred times. It's only us right. who have worked with them uh -huh. a lot that recognize certain patterns and what they're they're saying and doing and so there were times when i i didn't have to ask well are we starting off with dance music or whatever i knew i knew what they were going to do <laughs> because they've done it 20 times before you know and there were certain songs that i knew they were going to play and I have to admit, at times, I would say, well, you know, if I were going to decide what, the, what to, you know, play for this particular group, I wouldn't know. I couldn't read them like a band leader could, for sure. Mm -hmm. So there really wasn't like they made a mistake, they shouldn't have done that. It wasn't anything like that. But sometimes, in my heart of hearts, I would say, 
darn, I just wish they would start with something else just to see sure. what would happen. Sure. You know? And I'm sure it occurred that they did, you know, or they may have had a long conversation with the couple and they went along with it, you know? That mm-hmm. They agreed to it. But I know that there are certain things I got used to saying when I was conducting a rehearsal because I wanted to make sure I didn't forget anything. Uh-huh. So there, you know, I had a certain outline that I would usually follow. And I remember one time a couple, um, I went over to them after the rehearsal and I said, I want to make sure if there's anything else that you want to say to, you know, the wedding party or if there's something you need me to that we haven't discussed, but it just occurred to you, I just want to handle it before we, you know, depart. And so the groom said to me, you know, Toby, you're really smooth. (laughs) And it was the weirdest thing to me for someone to say that And I knew just what he meant. Uh What he meant was, I was comfortable. I didn't skip a beat. There were no pauses. There were no ahs. And I just went through it. And so my response to him was, well, I'm going to take that as a compliment. As long as it wasn't mechanical in feeling. Uh And he had this big grin on his face. And he said, no, it wasn't mechanical. Uh But he knew that I knew that what he was thinking and feeling was that, you know, I had done it so often Mm -hmm. that I was taking them through my program rather than meeting them in the middle. And it taught me a lot. Mm. It really did. You know, just because you know your stuff doesn't mean you've got a corner on how it should be done for everyone. Right. Well, I think he appreciated your efforts or else they, they wouldn't have hired you at all. You know, there was some no. kind of an impression. And, and and he really did mean it as as a compliment. Uh-huh. That's you know, great. and the fact that maybe he wasn't even aware that or he had been at other weddings when things were more chaotic and mm-hmm. uh, you know, didn't run as smoothly and and all. Mm-hmm. So it it probably impressed him, you know, in some fashion. One of the things about this particular Saturday was that I, I had that in mind that you know I've I've played quite a bit for this particular social club for for this dinner yeah. dinner dance club, and they um, and yeah certain songs really work for this for this group, but I specifically planned a different dance set, the beginning dance set. And as a matter of fact, what's interesting is that over the years they have expanded our time. We we went from only like a um, a three-hour event, or other four-hour event to like a four-and-a-half-hour event with this shortened cocktail hour. And this is what I mean, is that they wanted to get to dancing right away. They didn't want to wait. Ah. They didn't want to wait a whole hour before they got into dancing. So the way the new arrangement now is that I play solo piano for a half hour uh, at the beginning of the evening, and then the ballroom doors open and the band starts. Now, do they all come rushing in? No. But no. what happens is that, you know, people start to trickle in and they start to dance and then more people come in and start to dance and other people are finding their, ch- their chairs. And then once they sit down and everything, we start to play another song and up, up again they are. And so the, um, the captain that evening, he, he came over and said, well, you know, we'll, we'll give it another 10 minutes of dancing and then I'm going to have them sit down for dinner. I said, well, that's perfect. And then the, the agreement is that 
during that first half hour of dinner that we would kind of keep it easy, but that yeah. it, but if anybody wants to get up to dance, it's okay. You know, that it's okay with them. And yeah. then what happened after dinner, we started. And well, basically I went over to the, my contact, to the, to the president of the organization. And I said, well, would you like us to start? She said, yes, please start. So, you know, I looked around at the, at, at the plates and it looked like everybody was done with what they were doing. And I should have gone over to the maitre d' and I, you know, to the captain, and I should have said, we're going to start now. So uh, I didn't. And I walked over and I got the band up and then the maitre d' came over. And he said, well, we still have dessert to serve. Oh, boy. You know, before, before they're done, you know. And so I be- went back over to the president. I went, went back over to the, the hostess. And she said, no, I want you to start right now. And that, uh, you know, she says, I'll take, I'll take the hit. Or she says, I'll take the, the, the flack or something like this if, if what I'm asking you to do is wrong. So I said, okay, you know. So we got in and bam, we had a very spirited dance, you know, for that, that first mm-hmm. part there. And everybody stayed up way longer than I thought they would. And then, the, uh, then I saw them starting to sit down and everything like this. And I looked at the maitre d' and, and he's, he went, gave me a thumbs up. And bam, out came the, uh, the desserts. And Was it a melting dessert? You know, I, I don't know. I, I wasn't, okay. wasn't observing that closely enough. And yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an important point right there. Is it, was, it, was it already plated? And then, then they had to wait for 10 minutes, 15 minutes while everybody danced? Yeah, that's a good timing point. I hadn't thought of that at the time. Um, but then, sure enough, they all sat down. And no matter what I played... You know, I couldn't get them back up again because they were going to enjoy dessert. So we took another break. And and conversation. And then coffee came out and all this other stuff. And then once they were all juiced up with sugar and caffeine, we danced <laughs> some more. <laughs> it was a great night. Oh, I love it. That's fun. But it does show um, the difference. Uh, and this is very interesting. In a planner's head and a entertainment specialist because you're you're thinking of the total pacing of the evening and and recognizing well the plates you know look like they're empty they're finished and they've been sitting for a while and it makes sense to get them up mm-hmm. one of my biggest challenges was always to figure out do we get them up and dancing after that main course or do we wait till coffee is served and the dessert is down? Uh-huh. I have a personal preference. I, I have I think just the way we did it Saturday night is the way to do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree with you 110%. But sometimes you don't have that choice. Right. Either the kitchen says this is the way we do it or the client says, no, I want dessert down so that if they're not dancing people, they can sit and do something mm. while the rest of us are up and dancing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've had people say to me, nope, we have to clear everything before we get up and dance. When I, and I'm sure you would agree, would say, no. Let's get them up and dancing. They can clear why we're dancing. Right. So you're not wasting the time of waiting till that's done. Or when you have a toast and or a series of toasts that you have to group together for any number of reasons. And you say to yourself, should they have the plate sit there in front of them? when we have these three toasts that we have to put together? Or should you clear and then have the toasts? Well, my first inclination would be nobody ever finishes their food at the same time. Right. And unless you have literally one server per 10 
guests and you have drink servers and you have busmen and you have every conceivable extra service person, right. the vast majority of the room is swept from side to side. And you just say to yourself, half of that room is going to sit with a plate that's empty-ish and half of them are still kind of nibbling. And that's the truth. Right. So it's better to get started with the speech than take an extra 10 minutes, you know. To clear. And kill the energy of, of the evening. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents worth. I, I, I think that having that awareness... Behind that awareness, behind that purpose, is that, yeah, you're right, to keep the energy going, to keep the next thing flowing. I think that when anything stops, something should begin in an event. Mm -hmm. And that you don't want to lose momentum. You certainly would like to make sure that people are interacting with each other and they have a chance to finish their conversations. And before I approach a client who's in a conversation at a table, I, I'm looking at everything. I'm looking at everybody and where their attention is. And I look for an opening, <laughs> frankly. And then I can, mm-hmm. I can slide in and make my, ask my question or um, just ask them, how is everything going? And receive direction from them. And then we can go on from there. You, you know, there was um, oh something that we talked about where you had a, a client that wanted no announcing and that they just thought that by their entrance, that there would be no grand entrance announcement and they would just kind yes. of like appear on the dance floor and suddenly everybody would get their attention. And I gave mm-hmm. that a great deal of thought and that certainly not for you know, 100 guests or, or more, a, a large event, that would not work. You would need to have some kind of an announcement or some kind of way of getting everybody's attention so that they could, would then give their attention to the bride and groom or, the, or the, the honored couple on the dance floor when they appear there. Okay. But I thought about this and that I think that for an intimate setting of maybe 30 to 60 guests, mm-hmm. that... If this couple then were to stand up and walk to the dance floor, well, everybody would know it. They would see it. Yeah. And anybody with manners would then give them their attention. So in, yeah. in a way, I thought that this bride that you were, had been describing was... But now, how large was that wedding? What was... Oh, about 150 people. Yeah. So the, so the way that what they described wouldn't have worked. You made it work, though by um, stopping the music and it was kind of like a cue where they were suddenly there and then it changed and they were in position and I think that that certainly helped get everybody. That's the only thing I could think to do. That was brilliant. <laughs> that, that was brilliant. So you didn't make the client wrong for their creative idea you know, or, or maybe no. their narrow-sighted idea. It depends upon how you look at it. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, in the, the room that I was at on Saturday night where you, you could have a, a, an intimate gathering of anywhere from 30 to 60, I think there were about 30, 60 guests um, for this event, uh, it would be very easy. When, when somebody stands up to go to the dance floor, everybody knows it. Or when somebody walks into yeah. the room, everybody knows it. Yeah. And it's just... Which room were you in, the Valley Hunt Club? Uh, the, the, the ballroom. The, the, main, the main ballroom? The main ballroom. Okay. And, yeah, and with that yeah. grand piano, oh, just <laughs> yeah. the acoustics in that room, you know. And there's a little bit, of a, little bit of a vaulted ceiling, just a little bit. Uh, yeah. It's flat on yep. the top, but then it's curved on the sides. And, yeah. And it was lit beautifully and just set beautifully, and they rolled back the carpet, and so there was that, that wooden dance floor right there, and bam, you know, it's really nice. That's cool. Yeah, it's when you there's certain rooms that whether they were built that way on purpose or not just have fantastic acoustics. And also because there's a lot of side light in that room because of the the um was I don't know if it was 
originally part of the room, but you know the, I think it's the south side of that room that has the bank of windows? Yes. Um, there's a lot of a side light during the day that comes through, and I had a, a afternoon wedding there some years ago, and the only flower that the bride wanted were these tiny little yellow and red um, orchids. Just tiny. It almost looked like field flowers if you were from a distance. Hmm. And the bride wanted them to be elevated. So the light that came across the room illuminated these already brightly colored kind of tiny dot of flowers mm. it was shimmering mm. absolutely shimmering with the incandescent lights already in the room and believe it or not late afternoon into evening amber lights around the room mm. so when you walked into the room those amber lights even though it was in the afternoon late afternoon and the sun obviously hadn't set yet it was great because it just made the whole room glow. Nice. And then you hear that music from that room and it just fills it. You know, it, it really, when you put lighting and music together that evoke the kind of emotion that you want to create, mm -hmm. it, it enhances the experience beyond what anyone can imagine physically. It really is emotional. Uh, I am so thrilled that over the last 10 years especially, how important lighting has become. And, and really what it added to the Academy Awards last night, there were some times I felt it was a little strong in the blues or the reds, but you know, it's on my monitor. It could have been totally different in person, right. as we all know. You can see a photograph of a room that has been beautifully lit. And when you see that photograph and you say to yourself, that didn't look like that. Mm. And it wasn't that the photographer made an error. What it was, was that they're digital. And so the lighting, I think maybe the subtleties just aren't there when it's captured through a digital camera for some reason. Right. And so you have to kind of work on, on uh, nursing it balancing, a little bit. Balancing those things. Yeah. Nurturing the, the light in some degree. But I, I've seen it when it really makes a difference, mm. when the two entities work together it's it's fabulous yeah it really is something that my son pointed out as we were watching the academy awards was that the background kept changing yes and i did that was led screens and i i didn't notice it until he mentioned it <laughs> well you know something it was really cool because um sometimes you saw the stairs sometimes you didn't right they, all of the images, most of them, I should say, especially in the first two-thirds, all had the columns. Mm. And then the color and the decoration on the columns changed. And then t I remember seeing toward the latter part the big wheels of light that came onto the stage, both vertically and horizontally. And then finally the... Um, the image of Oscar in crystals, physically mm -hmm. in crystals, that were hanging, was very clever, mm. uh, the way uh, it was done. I think, who and, and I, I, I'm mad that I can't remember the, the designer for the evening, because I read the name, it was very inventive by being able to talk about what was traditional mm -hmm. as far as in historic senses and how to bring that up 
at toward the end to be very more modern and the transition was done so well uh, I, I, I was really impressed uh, with what they did it was and then of course Jimmy Kimmel with the funniest thing with the the ski jet ski gimmick <laughs> thing I mean at the end was that was just that was just priceless I know there were some critics about him going uh, across this, you know, next door to the theater uh, with some of the participants uh, in the Oscars. However, I think that was fun. I, I kind of got a kick out of that. Oh, yeah. Because it was just people being people. And the way they were so intently watching that movie... And then when they see these stars come in, they totally lose it. Right. I just thought that was terrific. Yeah. You know, that that's what life's about, you know? <laughs> Interrupted moments. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>